we have prayed amen amen all right so i want to thank you for coming please make sure you are with me okay i i want i i like to engage so i don't want you to be distracted i try to put all the scriptures on the screen no what where have we come to what's what's this place church right it's church so at church what are some of the things we do at church yes we worship god and then pray and then lois what else do we do at church huh we worship, pray. We do offering, okay. We read the Bible. We read the Bible. Please make sure you are here. Please. Don't distract it. The next 30, 45 minutes will be done. What will 45 minutes of you just staring at my nice face do to you, right? Oh, my face is not nice. At least you can lie to me that it's nice, so I feel good. What? Okay. So, church is... We do church stuff here, okay? But we also chat and talk about life. So please give me your attention. I beg for your attention for the next few minutes. And... Um, Usually when I realize that you are not listening, I'll ask you a question. Okay? I like to ask a question. I've always taught my life. Like, even when I was a student like you, I used to teach other students. Right? Because the teacher would teach about vectors. How many of you have studied vectors? Vectors. Okay. I teach about vectors because I was studying physics. And... Um, they won't understand. So after class, I'll teach them. So I was teaching my peers. And then when I went to church, I was teaching because I was a Sunday school teacher. So I am the talking type. Okay, I, I, I need you engaged. I need to see your eye. And I need you to talk back to me, okay? We'll just chat about God's word. And... Um, God, you hear something that will affect your life. Can I ask, for those of you with earphones in your ear, please take it off. I know you may not be listening to anything, but it gives me the feeling that you're not listening. Okay. Last week, we started talking about the art of hearing. The art of hearing. Who here is a good artist? Ah, who else? Good artist. Like you, you're really good at. Just Irina? Oh, yeah. Ernest? Now, Irina, is it a skill to be good at drawing? It's a skill. Not everybody has it, right? Now, how did you have, you just enjoy doing it, and then you keep drawing. How, how did you develop that skill? I don't know, like when we do, like, when you just assign assignments to, like, draw posters or something, I was doing it so in high school, I took a class. So you're doing it from assignments, and then, were you doing it uh, as a hobby too? Nope. You don't do it as a hobby? No, just for school. Just for school, yeah. but you do it very well. Yeah. Nice. You know, an art is a skill. It's something that you develop, you work on. The more you work on it, the better you are at it. Usually, it starts with a baseline where you have a propensity, a desire for something. Like, it's like you have a knack. Do you, do you, know, the, do you, do you know the word knack? Like K-N-A-C-K. Right? If somebody has a knack for something, it means... Like, they just, they're able to do it. They really didn't learn it. They're able to do it. But that is not sufficient. 
you have to develop it. So a knack is usually a talent, right, that you have. But you have to develop it. The more you develop it, you become good at it, okay? So that's a skill. That's an art. Now, the moment you become born again, you become a child of God, you become a Christian, you get a certain knack for something. And that knack is the knack to hear God's voice, right? The ability to hear God's voice, immediately you become a Christian, boom, it's kind of injected there. Every Christian. But like any skill, any talent, you have to develop it. You have to work on it to improve so that you can get to the point where, oh, that wasn't God. I heard something, but that wasn't God. Oh, yes, this is God speaking to me and he's telling me to do this and that and that. That's actually what God wants all of us to be, to hear his voice. Okay. Have you seen a baby crying? The mother is not in the room. Baby crying, mother is not in the room. Doesn't see the mom. But the moment he hears the mother's voice, the crying stops. He knows mom is coming around. Right? Or the baby is crying. Somebody else is holding the baby, is crying. The moment you give the baby to the dad, and then the baby stops crying. Right? There's something that the baby knows about the mother or the father that is not there with the other person, right? It's the same with us. When you become a child of God, you, the expectation is for us to know God so that we know when he is interacting with us, right? And that knowing comes from Constant practice. Constant practice. You learn to know his voice. And that's why we're studying about the art of hearing. Hearing what? Hearing God's voice. It's an art. And you can develop it to the point where God can speak to you about what to do in your life. And you know exactly what God created me to do. You know it. You know exactly what program God wants you to do. You know exactly who you should marry when the time comes. You know exactly which school you should go to. You know, you hear God's voice. So, the thirsty donkey. How many of you read my email? Did you get my email? Who got my email? Who, who read the story of the thirsty donkey? Who really read it fully? Isaac. Okay, Isaac, tell us about the story of the thirsty donkey. <laughs> Louder, so, so everybody can. Nathan, can you hear him? Uh-huh. Um, the story of the thirsty donkey, like, to summarize up, um, the donkey was, like, walking through a, a desert. Uh-huh. And, like, it got thirsty and, like, hungry. And then I saw, like, um, two, like, I got to a point and I saw, like, two um, stacks of hay. Uh-huh. And then he, um, since he was hungry and thirsty, he wanted to go to which one, but like they're like far away, like separated on each side. And then the donkey like was asking like the will of God, like praying, like uh, like a simple short prayer. Mm -hmm. And then he like he seen like a bucket of water, and then it was to the right, and that was the the way the donkey decided to go. And yeah. Okay. Good. Good. So I'll re I'll restate it. So there's this nice donkey walking through a desert, wilderness, dry place, and is hungry and thirsty. So he sees two stacks of hay, one on his left, the other on his right, very far away, you know, like a desert. So very, both very far away. And he's trying to decide which way do I go, which stack of hay do I go to to eat, right? He can't go on both. He has to pick one. Which one? How do I know the one for me? And as he is wondering, he looks at the one on his left, and it's just a stack of hay, and the one on his right actually not on, only has, it's not only the stack of hay, but also has water beside it. 
and he is hungry and thirsty. So he decides to pray. He's a Christian, Christian donkey. So he decides to pray. God, show me which one should I turn to? Left or right? Which, which, which way should I go? What is your will? So he finishes praying and he feels that he has heard from God. And he decides to turn. Where do you think he turned? Right or left? Right or left? The right has the stack of hay and the water. And the left has only the stack of hay. Which one do you think he heard God tell him to turn to? Huh? Yeah? The right. Right? He turned to the right. Now, did he hear from God? Who knows? But is it, a, is it possible that he actually didn't hear from God, but he heard from the water? Right? And he was thirsty. So, there are voices that speak to us. Voices, many different kinds of voices that speak to us. Now, we may pretend and say we heard from God, but did we really hear from God? Or we heard from our thirst? Or our hunger? Or something else? So, today, I want us to look at nine different voices that speak to us, and I won't get through all the nine. I'll only do five. And then next week, I have a guest speaker who will come and speak on one of them, go into detail. I'll touch on it today, but the guest speaker will go into detail on one of them. And then the following week, God willing, I'll finalize it and we'll finish it up and get ready for Christmas. Okay? Or oh, you're not thinking about Christmas yet? Okay. Right, so 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 10. 1 Corinthians 14, 10. Brittany, read for me. There are and may be so many kinds of voices in the world, and none of them is without signification. Right. There are, there are, it may be, so many kinds of voices. This is from the Bible. There's not just one voice. So many kinds of voices in the world. So many. Speaking to you, just one person. So many kinds of voices. And it says they are not without signification or significance. As in, you cannot ignore them. They are, they are not without importance. All of them seem to be telling you something that appears to be needed right now. Something that appears to be relevant to you right now. Right? You, it's not something you can just, oh no, this is nonsense. No, it it's, has sense in it. It's something that demands your action, demands your attention. And there are many different voices. How do you know? How do you know? Like the story that I heard of this nice Christian brother who was in the seminary and because he was very nice he got along very well with some of the ladies who were also in the seminary and there were these three particular ladies the, the guy was so nice like he was very gentle very loving as in nice right and able to explain listen you know he was, he was a good listener they were able to talk to him and so these three Christian ladies, who were also in the seminary, at one point came to their brother and said, God spoke to us that after seminary, you should marry me. So they came at different times, okay? The, one, the first one was, um, what, what was her name? What was the first one's name? Um... Slappy Susie. <laughs> Slappy Susie and um, what? Mary. And then the third one was Justina. Okay, Justy Justina. So 
just Justina? Okay. So, so Susie, Mary, and Justina. So Mary came first to the brother. Who was the brother's name? The brother was Johnny Cash. Right? The brother's name was Johnny Cash. So Su Susie came to Johnny Cash and said, God spoke to me last night after seminary. Um, I'm the one you have to marry. And Johnny Cash was like, okay, I need to pray about it. And let, I need to hear from God myself. So Susie goes, Mary comes. Mary said, I was praying in, on the field last night and I heard God clearly. But I'm the one you are to marry. And Mary doesn't know Susie had come to say the same thing, right? And um, Johnny Cash says, well, I need to pray about it and hear from God myself. And then... Justina or Justy, Justy Justina, just Justina came and said the same thing. And Johnny Cash called all three of them and said to them, none of you heard from God, right? I haven't heard that from God. Now, why would it seem that all three of them heard the same thing from God? Do you think it was God? No. Who wouldn't want a nice Johnny Cash who is so nice, fears God, listens, he's handsome, he's in the seminary, he's, he's, his life seems to go in a proper direction. Which correct thinking girl, right, wouldn't want him? So the fact that there is a voice that you are hearing there is something that's been impressed upon your heart. Does it mean that it's coming from God? Or is that the way to go? No. You have to, or we have to learn to know when God is speaking to us. So here it says there are many different kinds of voices, and none of them is without significance. So the nine different voices, I'm just going to list all nine of them, and then we'll look at the first five quickly, and then we'll pray and be out of here. The first one is the voice of your mind. The voice of your mind. Okay? And then the voice of the Bible. The voice of the Bible. And then the voice of your pastor. The voice of your pastor. And then the voice of your flesh. Okay? And then the voice of the Holy Spirit. Then... At another time, we'll look at the voice of your spirit or your conscience and then the voice of people. So people, your friends, your parents, anybody else other than you. And then the voice of circumstances and the voice of the devil. All these voices, and this is just a subset of the many voices, right? All these voices are constantly speaking to us whether you like it or not they are constantly speaking to you and if you listen it's making you make decisions about your life that may not be from God and chances are you will be led into distraction now let's look at the voice of your mind if I ask you a question if we if you were asked to cross the 401 okay you're crossing the highway 401. I know we don't cross the highway here, but assume you were asked to cross the highway with many cars coming. How would you do it? How would you cross the highway? Imagine Johnny Cash, who has just come from seminary, so spiritual, so devoted to God, so super spiritual, says, I'm going to cross the highway 401. And he stands there and closes his eyes and says, Dear Holy Spirit, guide me as I cross this highway. And he closes his eye and he just sets off on the highway because he's relying on the Holy Spirit to speak to him and say, Just hold off, there's a car coming. Okay, go ahead. Now, would you, when you see Johnny Cash on the highway, would you think, that he is going to die anytime soon? <laughs> right? Now, would you say, even though he prayed and said, God, speak to me 
as I cross this highway, show me how to cross the highway. And he closes his eye and he goes, do you think God is going to show him how to cross the highway? He's going to what? How would you cross the highway? No, you wouldn't? No, but imagine that there is a highway crossing competition that you are a part of. Right. How would you cross the highway? They will close down the highway. <laughs> no, I've, been, I've been in an accident on the highway. I told you guys before, right? I've been on an accident on the highway, 401, where my car, my car spinned on 401, and I turned and I was facing the opposite direction, and I saw the cars coming, and my car was facing the other way, and it was still spinning. And I was holding the steering, like, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. And then I heard a voice telling me, turn the steer. So I turned it this way because the thing was spinning. Immediately I turned it, I was heading towards the curb, so the, the how do you call it, the slab of concrete. I was heading towards it to, to hit it. And so when I had turned and I turned it like that, because I was afraid of turning, because I didn't want to spin again. But when I turned it, it just, and then stopped right by the curb. Immediately it stopped, cars were just passing by, like that. But you see, I was, say, I was just saying that to suggest that if you're going to cross the highway, if you, for whatever reason, found yourself in a situation where you had to cross the highway, how were you going to do it? You use your brain. You use your mind. Okay? You would, there are too many cars coming. I can't cross now. And then you see all the cars far away. Okay, why don't I just rush right now and cross? Right? You won't be hearing the Holy Spirit telling you that. You'll be using your mind. Yes, Queen. Oh. I thought you were going to ask me a question. Okay. So, you'll use your mind. Who gave you that mind? God. And God expects you to use your mind. You know, Oftentimes, especially Christians, people are super spiritual and make everything spiritual. We, we go to the extreme as to become foolish. But that's not... God, God gave us our mind for a reason. You have an exam tomorrow and you say you are going on the field to go and pray all through the night and not study because you want at the sitting at the exam table for the Holy Spirit to be telling you this is number one is A, number two is C, number three is D, number four. Do you know the grade you're going to get? <laughs> you get zero. You'd fail because God gave us our mind to use. He expects you to sit yourself down and study. And use your mind. You know? So when you, you, when you study, now your mind will be speaking to you. When you, are, you read it, uh, you, no, no, this is the wrong one. This is the right one. Right? And your mind will be guiding you. It's the same way when it comes to money. Right? As you're growing up, you'll be handling money. If you are wise... Your mind can give you instruction how to handle your money. But don't waste it. Save some. You're going to need it the, the following day. Save it. Don't spend it all. You know? So the voice of our mind, the Bible says in, Rome, in Proverbs chapter 4, verse 8. Proverbs 4, 8. Jermaine, read for me. Exalt her wisdom, and she shall promote you. She shall bring you honor when you embrace her. Right. So the Bible is talking in, if you read Proverbs chapter 4, it's talking about wisdom. Actually, when you start from 4 verse 1 downwards, it says, get wisdom. Get it. With everything that you get, get understanding. 
And then he says, wisdom is the principal thing. You know what the principal is? I mean, your school principal is like the head of the school, right? So when he says that wisdom is the principal thing, he says wisdom is the most important thing. So to, when you get wisdom, you are positioning your mind to instruct you at a time when you need instruction and you need guidance. But if, if not, that's why I pity people who don't read a lot. You know, if you don't read, you know the difference between the third world and then the advanced world, the developed world? It's not absolute, but a large part of the difference is because of non-reading. Right? When you read, you develop your mind, you're able to now take decisions that affect your life. So as you guys, you are all students in school, use your mind, study hard, okay? Because you're going to need it. You see, if you don't study hard, for instance, you could have, if you studied hard, you could have options, okay? Now my, now my grades are good. I could do medicine, law, architecture, um, engineering, nursing, like because my grades are good. Like you have options. So you don't just do something because your grades are bad. Do you get it? You have options and you choose what you want to do. But because you didn't really use your mind, you'll be forced to take something else, which is not really what God created you for. So use your mind. If you use your mind, the voice of your mind will be able to help you when you do need it. Now, there is a caution there. Chris, are you with me? Yeah, I'm just Okay. The, the caution there is the wisdom of God sometimes is in direct opposition to the wisdom of man. So there are times that when you're using your mind as a child of God, you shouldn't rely on your mind so much so that now you don't even rely on God. Because the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 1.25, that who will read for me? Um, Jonathan. Because the foolishness of God is wiser than men, mm -hmm. and the weakness of God is stronger than men. Okay. Can someone get the door for me? The foolishness of God is wiser than men. Oh, the door. Thank you. <laughs> it's hot. Um, can you turn down the heater? Just go on the other side and turn the heater down. So, sometimes God will ask you to do something that will seem foolish to the human mind. For instance, when God, uh, Jesus told um, Peter and Andrew and the other disciples, follow me, right? They left everything. They were fishermen. They were doing their jobs. That was their job. They left everything and followed him. Now, isn't that foolish? Why would you leave your job to follow a man who doesn't have a job? Right? Jesus didn't have a job. He was a carpenter. He was no longer a carpenter. He was going about preaching. And he's calling people who have jobs to leave their jobs and follow him. Well, it doesn't make sense to leave your job and go and follow a man who doesn't have a job. How are you going to live? How are you going to survive? Right? How are you going to feed yourself and your family? Peter, Peter had a family. Peter was married. And he had, he, he had, um, he had a mother-in-law. Because in some, in the, somewhere in the Gospels, his mother-in-law got sick with a fever. And Jesus went and prayed for her. So he was married. At least we know Peter was married. So why would you leave your job to follow a man who doesn't have a job? doesn't make sense. But that's God's wisdom. You know? He says the foolishness of God is wiser than men. So you have to, it's not everything that you have to f rely on your mind so much so that when God is asking you to do something, it's like, oh, no, 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 this doesn't make sense. Like, for instance, um, somewhere, I don't remember exactly where, a Christian was walking by the embassy. There was, uh, there was an embassy somewhere, I've forgotten which, the embassy of which nation, but he was walking by the embassy. And as he was approaching it, he heard God's voice clearly telling him, lie down on the floor, like with, with, a command, lie down. And he heard it he, he, because he's trained himself to know God's voice. 
it was public, it was the street, everything. So, I mean, you would look like <laughs> something is wrong up here. Why are you lying down? He quickly lay down. Immediately he lay down, there was an explosion. Somebody, there was a bomb that exploded. Because he was lying down, he didn't get hurt. Right? So, the wisdom of God is, the, the foolishness of God, as in, when you do hear God's voice, and it seems foolish to your mind, if you have heard God's voice, you should follow God's voice. Do you get it? But you don't take it to the extreme so much so that you now don't even use your mind. Do you guys get it? Any question? Okay, let's move on to the more fun stuff. The voice of the Bible. The voice of the Bible. Now, if, if you are in love with somebody so much that the person was constantly writing you love letters or emails or text messages and you don't even bother to read it, does it reveal your love for the person? Can I, can I say when I see that, I, I, pick, I pick up your phone and I see all these messages you got from Johnny Cash. Hadassah. All these messages you got from Johnny Cash. Right? And they are all unread. You've not even read them. And yet Johnny Cash... Like you've fallen in love with Johnny Cash and you, you tell everybody, no, he's mine, whatever, right? But you haven't read any of his text messages. What does it tell me? You don't really care about Johnny Cash. It doesn't matter what you say, that you don't read any of his text messages tell me that you don't really care about him. Now, it's the same with the voice of the Bible. You know, the Bible is God's letter to us. He, he actually wrote down in the Bible what he wants us to know about him and our relationship with him. It's there in the Bible. It says, Irina, can you read for me? Louder. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for friendship, for instruction, and righteousness. That the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly finished unto all good works. Amen. That's 2 Timothy 3.16. So you see, all scripture is given by inspiration of God. As in God directed everything that you see in the scriptures to be written. It's, it's from him. Right? And so, why did he do that? For, it's profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction. So instruction, for guidance. So I need guidance. I need to know what to do next. I need to know what, what, what's God's will. The Bible will speak to you. If you read it. Only if you read it. Not like Hadassah who ignores Johnny Cash's text messages. But if you really read the Bible, you will hear God's voice. You know, Gabriel, read Psalm 119 verse 105. Thy word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Like the donkey who is standing, doesn't know where, right? The word of God can give you direction. Thy word is a lamp to my feet, telling me the next step. You know, sometimes you just need to know the next step. You don't need to know everything. You just need the next step. So that's a lamp to your feet. But other times, you don't, you don't really care about the next step. You need to know where am I heading towards? Right? What's my path? So, for instance, what's my career? What, what did you create me to do? Am I to be a doctor? Am I to be a lawyer? Am I to be a, a musician? Am I to be a this? Am I to be a that? Right? You don't need the next step per se. The next step may be, finish writing these exams. Or the next step may be, apply to this school. But you need to know the career. So that's the path. And he says, his word is a light for your path. I'll tell you guys, 
if you truly want to hear God's voice, you can't do it apart from the Bible. And that's why you see your phones. You guys are fortunate. When I was growing up, this thing wasn't there. And now you have this. You can have the Bible on this phone. And you can have it in audio or video. Do you know there are video Bibles where they, they act some of the scenes of the Bible? Right? All on this phone. And wherever you are, you carry this phone with you. Whether you're on the bus or whether it's with you, you can put your thing in and it's in your ears. You know, you can be, make yourself very wise just by listening to this Bible. You just play it. Put it in your ear. You put, like this morning we studied the book of James. You start, you, James chapter 1, let it read through the whole. Go back, read. Let it, it's reading to you. You're at home or standing by waiting for the bus. You just read. You know, read the Bible. You become wise. I won't lie to you. You would realize that you are making wise decisions. The, the Bible will, will inform your mind to make right choices. It says, Thy word is a lamp to my feet and a light for my path. If you don't read the Bible, you know who, how the Bible describes somebody who doesn't read the Bible? The Bible describes such a person as a fool. Literally. God said, Where is your wisdom? Seeing that you have rejected my words. That, that's, that's a scripture I just quoted. I, I don't know exactly where it is, but it says in the Bible, God was asking the people, where is your wisdom seeing that you have rejected my words? In other words, true wisdom can only be found in God's words. And that is why you are truly wise when every day you read the Bible. Every day. I mean, not like you, who, who here eats once a week? You eat food once a week. Nobody. Nobody. I mean, if you truly care about life and you want to stay alive, I don't think you'll eat once a week. I think you'll eat more than once a week. Now, if you truly care about staying alive spiritually in your relationship with God, you will not read the Bible once a week. You will read it every day. So you should have a, a planner, a something, you see, U version. How many of you have U version app on your phone? U version. Or some other Bible app. But U version is really good. I use that one because you could have multiple different plans. Beginning of this year, the youth, we started reading the New Testament from January. Right now, yesterday we just finished the book of James. Today we started 1 Peter. Now, if you have been reading from January, just read a tiny bit of scripture every day. By 31st December, we would have finished reading through the whole New Testament. One thing I did when I was your age, which helped me tremendously, is when I decided I'm going to be serious with God, I had a tiny red Bible. It's not, I don't have, it wasn't a phone, it was a book. Tiny red Bible. I read through it. I read, that was my first, and it was a great achievement, and I'm so proud I did that. I read through the whole Bible. About half of what I read, I didn't understand, but I didn't care. I read it anyways, right? Because oftentimes, can you describe to me, Isaac, how protein is digested in your stomach? Do you know? But did you eat chicken this week? You ate some protein, right? You still eat, even though you don't understand how it is processed in you, right? So why stop reading the Bible? Because you didn't understand, you didn't understand what you read. Keep reading it. Keep reading it. It's changing your life as you read it. You would soon grow to understand it. He says, through your commandments, you have made me wiser than my enemies. And I have more understanding than all my teachers. This was one scripture I, I stood on to pray when I was in school. I prayed every time that God make me wiser than my enemies. Give me more understanding than my teachers. So that whatever my teacher is teaching, let me understand him better than he does. He says his word, as you read the Bible, as long as you read the Bible, you have an advantage. You can become wiser in this life. Amen. So I'll challenge you all to be reading the Bible. Number three, 
the voice of your pastor or your shepherd, the voice of your pastor. Why? Why is the voice of your pastor a voice that can guide you in life? Because your pastor is God's um, tool or servant through which God can speak to you. Like right now, do you think I'm sharing with you my own opinion? No. I'm sharing with you something from the word of God. Right? And I'm, and I'm explaining it to you. So if you are to pay attention and listen to me, you can literally hear God speaking to you. You understand? And that is why the devil, being so smart, one of the things he tries to prevent, especially people your age, from doing is coming to church. Because he knows when you do, he, he, by all means, he knows he's gotten you to the place where you will not read your Bible. So you won't hear God's voice. You will not read your Bible. And he knows that if you were to come to church, you will hear a crazy guy like me telling you, read your Bible. So he'll make sure you don't come to church. Because if you don't come, then you won't hear me say that. But if you do come and you hear me say that, you will hear God's voice telling you, as, as I'm talking, you will hear God's voice telling you, whatever he's saying is true. You have to do it. Like I remember when I was a teenager, I went to church. Those times I wasn't really serious with God when I was just going to church. I, remember, I really remember those times because just like maybe some of you, it's like church is boring. I was there. Like church was boring. I'd go to church and we go through praise and worship, whatever. And when the pastor is coming to preach, once they announce they're calling the pastor, then I position myself well on my seat. And I know how to do the seat and put my head down. I sleep. By the time I wake up, the preaching is finished. Then I just share the grace with them and I go home. You know, when I go home, somebody, where did you go? I went to church. Did you think I really went to church? No, I went to bed. I didn't go to church. Right? I slept. But you see, when you are here and you are really here, and you are really listening. That is when you have really come to church. You know, because that is when you will hear God's voice. Because as I'm talking, it's not like my voice. It's, yeah, it's my voice you are hearing. But the Holy Spirit, all of you, each one of you, the Holy Spirit in your heart is speaking to you as I'm talking. You know, and sometimes when you engage in, it's because it's happened to me many, many times, where I engage in conversation with pastor, that I hear God's voice to me. He may have said something that may not even have been direct, but as he's speaking, I hear God's voice because he's my pastor, you know. And for some of you, as you talk to me, you may be talking to me about, oh, I, I, I think I want to do this program and this program. And then I'll just ask you, why? And just that why all of a sudden hits you and you, it, it makes you begin to think and rethink. Why? Really? Why am I doing this? And then all of a sudden, you begin to weigh the options again. It's like, you know what? I think I'm going to change. But I really didn't even say anything to you about changing your mind. But because of that interaction, you heard God's voice. You know, here, it says in John 10, 27. Queen, can you read for me? Um, my sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. Right. My sheep. This is Jesus. Remember, Jesus was a pastor. He was a shepherd. A pastor is another word for shepherd. Okay. He says, my sheep hear my voice and they know me. If you read on, I didn't put it here, but if you read on, it says, another person's voice they will not listen to. You know, it will teach the kids. You cry, stranger, stranger. It's the same with God. Another person's voice. When you have trained yourself to hear God's voice, you will know when God is speaking. And you will know this is not God. Okay. Now, let's do the voice of your flesh. The voice of your flesh. When we say flesh, what do you understand, Anel? When the Bible talks about your flesh, is it talking about your flesh here? What is it talking about? Like your body's desires, exactly. Your body's desires, you know, what well, desire is a feeling that you have for something that you like. Okay, that's desire, a feeling you have for something that you like. 
And so when we talk about your flesh, the voice of your flesh is a voice that's always telling you to get what you like and get what you want. Things that will make you happy. Always, your flesh will always be leading you to things that will make you happy without consideration of what will make God happy. Right? It's like it puts you above God. And that is always wrong. That was what brought sin into the world. You know that. Right? Eve put, he says, Bible says she looked at the fruit and saw that it was desirable to make one wise. And she took of it and ate and did not consider that God had spoken to her that don't eat of it. Do you get it? So, the voice of your flesh can lead you astray if you listen to it. In Romans 8, 6. Nathan, read for me. The mind governed by the flesh is death, but the mind governed by the spirit is life and peace. The mind governed by the flesh is death. So you see, even though I said listen to the voice of your mind, your mind can be governed by your flesh and it will just lead you all into, it will lead you into error. Like right now, there are some people who call themselves what? Atheists. They are relying on their mind, they are thinking so hard and because they are relying on that mind fully, they've now said there is no God. It's, it's as foolish, excuse me to say, it's as foolish as saying that if you see an ant walking by the road and the ant tells you, look at me, I created myself. Right? You'll be like, what? Right? So you think of yourself like a super being and you see this tiny little ant walking by the road and the ant is like, yeah, I created myself and uh, I brought myself into existence. No, you didn't. Somebody outside of you had to have made you. And to say that there is no God, well, where did we all come from? And then they say it's from a big bang. Boom. And then we all came. Great. When did we last see a nice BMW or a nice aircraft from a blast just jump out? If I were to tell you that this nice BMW, this nice car that you see just jumped out from a huge bomb blast. Wouldn't you think that I'm a fool? And that's exactly how the Bible describes people who say there is no God. The Bible says the fool has said in his heart, there is no God. See, that's why this book will make you wise. This book, the Bible, if you read it, it will make you wise. Right? But not. It says the mind governed by the flesh is death, but the mind governed by the spirit is life and peace. And this scripture here in Galatians 5, Anel, can you read it quickly for me? Continue. Amen. So this scripture sort of summarizes all the things that the voice of your flesh would be telling you to do. It will always be telling you to please yourself, right? Anything that makes, it's, it's like, let me just enjoy. Let me just sleep longer. Let me, instead of, instead of praying, instead of reading your Bible, instead of fasting. For instance, fasting. How many of us have ever fasted in, you've ever, you ever, you've done a fasting, right? Okay. Who did fasting in the last week? Great. Who did fasting? So other than the two of you, who did fasting in the last month? Great. 
who did who has done fasting this year? Okay. Thank God for possibility. <laughs> Otherwise, some of you would never have fasted this year. But you see, like fasting, fasting is a spiritual activity that the voice of your flesh will always speak. Anytime you decide to fast, you will hear the voice of your flesh loud and clear. Sometimes it comes like a headache. Boom, 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 boom. Eat something, eat something, eat something, eat something. And it's the voice of your flesh. It's like you feel like you're going to die. You won't die. You won't die. You know? Or it tells about hatred, discord, jealousy. So where it's like, you're, I don't talk to this person. You're not my friend. I don't talk to you. Uh, I don't like you. No, no, shouldn't be. You know, there was a time in my life there was somebody I wasn't talking to. Very interesting. So I was growing up, just like you. There was this lady, did something I, I didn't like. And I said, I'll never talk to her. And we're in the same class. I see her sitting there, I'll go sit over there. If I'm coming by the hole and she's coming, I turn this way. And I go. <laughs> did that for a while. Everybody in the school knew we were not talking. How childish. And then I really became saved. Those times I was just going to church, you know. But I really went, I went to church one time and the pastor preached about salvation and Jesus dying for us and how you need to make a decision to give your life to Jesus. Yes. What's wrong about not talking to someone? Right. So, I mean, I don't go about talking to everybody I see on the road. But there shouldn't be a reason why you don't talk to someone. Yes. Yes, that's different. Right? So, where there are some people who um, you know are going to compromise your life. So, you want to avoid them. So, it's not like when you meet them in the elevator and they say hi, you will turn aside. Right? You would say hi. Right? You're walking by the road and you see them coming. You will not deliberately avoid them. When you're doing that, it means something is, something is wrong somewhere. I don't deliberately avoid you, but I don't also entertain you. Right? That's, that's different. But the moment there's somebody, it's like there's something between us that um, I try to avoid this person at all costs. No, that shouldn't be. For a Christian who has the Holy Spirit in you, the Holy Spirit will constantly be speaking to you about that. You would always not feel okay. So I wasn't talking to this person. When I became saved, I knew, and I'm talking about shortly, I might not even get to it. I knew that, no, that wasn't right. I need to make it right. So at the time, she was in a different school. I was in a different school, in high school. I wrote a letter, apologized to her. I didn't even know why we were not talking, but apologized. I'm sorry. Whatever it was, please forgive me. I have forgiven you. If ever we should meet, I'll make sure I talk to you. And I wrote that. I never saw her for, for, for a while, but later when I went to university, she also came to that same university. Because I had forgiven her from my heart, we're able to still be friends. Do you get it? The voice of the flesh will tell you, treat yourself. You know, when you feel hurt, you don't want to forgive. That's the voice of your flesh, unforgiveness. Somebody hurts you, you should forgive. You know why? Because you hurt God big time, but he forgave you. Why won't you forgive your friend? <laughs> and sometimes, you know, some of the people we need to forgive are the people closest to us, like our parents or a family member who did something really bad to hurt us that they shouldn't have done, you know? And we need to forgive. Why? Because God forgave us. Now, is it easy? No. Very difficult. In fact, impossible on your own to forgive when such things happen. But you can when you depend on the Holy Spirit. Okay? Now, the voice of the Holy Spirit, I can't get to it because it's time. Okay? I don't want to 
go longer and longer. But I'll just say this and we'll pick it up next time. The Holy Spirit does speak to us, as you see. Jesus says about him, he shall speak, he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak, and he will show you things to come. And oftentimes, one of the wrong things we believe about the Holy Spirit is that the Holy Spirit is a force or some kind of power who just comes on people and makes them fall. Oh, please. The Holy Spirit is way more than that. The Holy Spirit is a person, and a person who speaks to us and guides us. And he has feelings too, you know. You can, you can hurt the Holy Spirit. The Bible actually says you can grieve him and make him sad. Especially when he's telling you about something and you just ignore him. You know, like when your friends, your friends, when their friends do that to you, don't you feel hurt? Like when they completely ignore you. You get to the room, you know they've seen you and they completely ignore you. It, it, it hurts. And the Holy Spirit also grieves when we do that to him. When we completely ignore him and don't listen to him, he's speaking. And it's like, hush, hush, no, no, no. I, I just want to do this. Just keep quiet. He speaks to us. And there are three ways he speaks to us, which we'll talk about next time. The Holy Spirit speaks to your mind. And he speaks to your spirit. Okay? And then he speaks to your body. These are three different ways the Holy Spirit speaks to us. And um, we'll look at it in detail next time. Any question? Any question, comments, contribution? Have you learned something? You learned something? All right. Let's close our eyes. I want you to talk to God. We've learned about the voice of your mind, the voice of the Bible, the voice of your flesh. And then which other voice did we learn today? The voice of the mind, the voice, the voice of the Holy Spirit, we didn't even start. The voice of the Bible. The voice of the flesh, the voice of the mind, the voice of the Bible, the voice of your pastor. Fourth one. So we've learned four today. Why don't you close your eyes and talk to Jesus? And say, Lord, I'm learning that because I am your child, you have put in me the ability to hear your voice. Help me to develop this ability so that I will hear your voice. I will learn to know the voice speaking to me. Pray. Pray. It will amaze you that these prayers you pray, Jesus listens and he answers them. Pray from your heart. Say, Lord, help me. I want to develop the ability to hear your voice. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Jesus. Father, we give you glory. We give you praise. Thank you that you have spoken to us. That you are so interested in our lives that you come to us every Sunday to speak to us your word. I only ask, Lord, that as we leave this place, we won't forget about what we have heard. That we'll remember, Holy Spirit, remind us what we have heard. And as we go, you were speaking to us whilst your word was coming. Speaking to some of us to be reading the Bible, to go back, to pick up the Bible, to read, to be diligent in wanting to know you. I pray that you help us. Help us to commit again to reading the Bible, to commit again to, to learning your word so that we may get wisdom for direction in our lives. Please be on your feet. Let me just pronounce a blessing on you as you go. Let's close our eyes. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord cause his face to shine upon you. Things you don't know and understand in school, may the Holy Spirit explain it to you and give you wisdom so that you'll be above and not beneath, that you'll be the head in your class and not the tail. May the Lord be gracious to you and draw you to himself. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you guys. Let's share the grace. Let's share the grace.
What's this grace for? To hear the voice of the Holy Spirit, which we didn't get to, but we'll get to next time. Okay? Now, may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the sweet fellowship of our Holy Spirit be with us now and forevermore. Amen. He anoints my head with oil. My cup runs over. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me, and I will hear the voice of the Holy Spirit. Amen. God bless you. Shante, just a minute. Don't go yet.